0: Fit and Theater of the Words presents The Reprehensibles, the fight for Earth's future. Episode 15 Inspector Glass is recalled to Earth. Shortly after his return to the moon, Terrence Wilson was summoned into Neville Constantine's Sector Station office. Neville, taking into account Wilson's overall treatment of his sister Andrea, now wanted to confront him directly. Either Wilson was to marry Andrea and take her from her post-mortem depression, or he was never to see her again. If he left Andrea, his position with Luna Aggregate would become very tenuous. The boisterous and ever-apologetic Wilson explained that his intention was all along to marry Andrea. And the next day, by the time Manfred Glass ordered him to his apartment, Andrea and Wilson had been married 24 hours. Inspector Glass had strategically waited for a day to pass before he questioned Wilson. He had ascertained that an extra day would take Wilson off guard. What astounded Glass, as the interview was drawing to a close, was the reticent stare of Andrea Wilson. It was as if she was slowly beginning to tune the world away from her senses. Mrs. Wilson, asked Glass quietly as to not throw her over the edge. Babe. "'shouted Wilson as he seemed irritated. "'You have a question for me, Inspector?' she smiled. "'Are you feeling all right, Mrs. Wilson?' "'Oh, just fine,' she said, giggling for no apparent reason. "'Who would want to kill your father, Mrs. Wilson?' "'Oh, my father has no enemies,' she smiled again. "'Had, babe, had.' "'Oh, of course. There's not a person on the moon who doesn't like my father.' "'Oh, yes, yes,' said Glass, raising his eyebrows. He turned to both his assistants and rolled his eyes, frustrated by the answers, but he turned quickly to Wilson. "'Look, Wilson, I just don't understand why that morning you took the tunnel. Why not take the overhead ramp? Or could it be you just didn't want to be seen with Darius Constantine?' "'If you mean I didn't want to be with him, you're right. He hated me. Freely admitted. He didn't want me with his daughter.' But that doesn't mean I killed him. I didn't want him to see me going to meet Andrea, so you could have taken the space up a ramp, but you didn't to me, that sounds like the movements of a glass's words were cut off by the computer. Yes, what is it now? The private message said the computer. Tell them I'll take it later. He said as he turned back to Wilson. Very important and it might take some time. All right, all right, can't they leave me alone? I'm done with you two for now, but don't get any ideas about leaving the sector station. Will you call us again? Wilson wanted to know as he helped Andrea from the sofa. In my good time, Mr. Wilson, in my good time he said as he motioned them to the door. When they had left, Glass looked upward as if it were the computer's fault. Now what's so damned important? Don't you people know I'm busy? A level one priority call from Earth City, it was trying to be discreet, it's on Scramble. Them and their level one calls, somebody's getting his two cents in. Put them on! said Glass, his jowls jiggling in distress. Arrier and Stephanie watched his charades with amusement from across the room. Directly from Earth City, Jim Pierce's image appeared on the screen. He looked at Glass for a few seconds, which irritated Glass even more. What the hell is bothering you now, Jim? he asked. The computer said there was a level one message. I'm afraid so. Don't take this personally, Manfred. We're recalling you to Earth. What? Exploded glass as the woman ran to his side. Are you people down there mad? You expect me to solve this thing in less than a week? Chairman's orders, related Pierce. Chairman, chairman, put the chairman on. Glass demanded. Well, I can't do that, Manfred. You know that. You are to take the next cargo transport back to Earth City. But why? I don't understand why you even bothered to call me up here if I can't finish what I've started. Don't you know the flack I'm going to get from that pretty boy Neville when he finds out I'm leaving? See you in ten hours, Manfred, said Pierce as he vanished. That does it. As soon as I step off that ship, I'm handing in my resignation and they can take the next cargo ship to hell. Uh, Manfred... "'Aren't you being a little bit presumptuous?' asked Arya with a smile. "'Come on, Manfred, he didn't say he was taking you off the case,' suggested Stephanie. "'Let's get back there and see what he wants.' Glass stared at them both pensively, and then his face lit up. "'I guess I was overreacting, wasn't I?' It's just this whole thing is a thorn in my side. It's all too clean. Manfred, you've just about eliminated Duval. The computer import said he was in his lower office when Darius was killed. That narrows down the odds. It also opens new doors. Where in blue blazes is Duval? "'If he didn't kill Constantine, then why is he still missing? "'Unless the murderer got rid of him, "'or he conspired with somebody else to set up the meeting with Wilson,' said Arya. "'That's what gets me so damned upset. "'We should be checking out just what was wrong with those cargo transport thrusters.' "'It's a company vessel, Manfred. "'You'll need a court order,' said Stephanie. "'Never happened,' said Glass. The law means nothing up here. Or should I say, I have no resources. The law is what Luna Aggregate says it is. They'd rather have the murder go unsolved than to rattle Luna Aggregate, he said as he walked over to his closet. I'll meet you ladies downstairs. We're going back to the cracker factory. When Wilson and Andrea returned to their apartment, a multi-level dwelling on the fifth floor, Wilson announced they were going out to eat dinner. He urged her to join him in the cleaner, but she merely wandered into the front room. He heard strange sounds from the front room. Dressed only in his emerald green pants, he opened the cleaner doors with his ears perched. He tiptoed down the hallway as the voices grew louder. It was only when he stuck his head inside the room did he see the source of the conversation. Unfortunately, it was one-sided. Seated on the first floor below the screen with her legs crossed was his wife. She was talking to the image in the screen with great intensity, but the image was not talking back, nor was it about to speak to her because the image on the screen was that of her father, Darius Constantine, talking to the screen input as he regularly did in a diary format. Oh, father! You are in such control of things here on the moon, directing and coordinating all your workers, helping to feed the hungry on earth, such magnificent achievements. Wilson, perhaps for the only time in his life, began to wince in sympathy at the sight of his wife's deranged mental state. He moved back in the hallway and pinched the bridge of his nose as he realized how much the death of Darius Constantine had driven her into a fairy-tale-like world of inputted reality. His face was panic-stricken, and he knew it as he rushed back into the cleaning room and dressed quickly. Terrence Wilson was not the kind of man to attack problems by himself. He usually left that for surrogates, or tried to talk his way out from a predicament. As he emerged from the cleaning room fully dressed, he could still hear the ramblings of his wife. But he didn't know how to help her as he rushed from the apartment, leaving his mentally crippled wife to hear the echoes of a man who no longer existed. Glass, Ariar and Stephanie were on their way through the terminal below into the sector station. It was less than an hour since Jim Pierce had summoned them and Glass wanted to find out answers to his questions as soon as possible. Carrying his portable computer, he climbed up the steps ahead of the women and hurried down the platform along the transitway. The ground began to shake, very subtly at first, gaining strength enough to cause him to hold onto the transitway too. ''Did they build this place on an earthquake fault?'' shouted Glass as the quake began to subside. Before the women could answer. Neville Constantine appeared in the open doorway of one of the cars. He had a surly grin on his face with his arms crossed as he leaned to the side of the door. Having problems, Inspector? he asked with a touch of arrogance in his voice. Not until now, said Glass as he walked ahead. Are we losing your charming company? Temporarily, yelled Glass without looking back. Neville stepped from the car and caught up to Glass. So soon, Inspector, ta-ta-ta, a more difficult case than you can handle, eh? The inspector kept walking. Perhaps we shan't see each other ever again. They will undoubtedly send a replacement for you, he added, but Glass remained in control, still walking ahead to the lead car. Someone with more expertise? That was enough for glass, he stopped and set his computer on the platform, and then stuck his nose right in the younger man's face. Raising his finger, he made himself emphatically clear. I'll be back, Neville. I hope you do think I won't be back, because that will make the day more sweet when I bring you down to earth, charged with the killing of your father. Are you threatening me? No, you're slandering me. Call it what you want. Just remember, I'll be back to nail your hide against the wall, said Glass, his eyes moist from the intensity. He picked up his computer and entered the transitway, his angry face still warm from Neville's overbearing arrogance. Neville went directly to the restaurant area in the terminal, taking a table in the rear of his private dining room. Before he ordered, he sent out a general page for Terrence Wilson, upon which he ordered for two people. Wilson, arriving several minutes later, was escorted to the candlelit room. Neville, you wanted to see me? Yes, Wilson, said Neville as he stood. Please sit down. I'm taking the liberty of ordering your meal. Well, thank you, said Wilson as he sat down. Prime rib from FBA number 16, boasted Neville. You like it well done, correct? Yes, that's correct. "'And Burgundy from FPA number 52,' said Neville, "'smiling at how well he knew his brother-in-law. "'Right again,' said Wilson, "'wondering why Neville had called this dinner meeting. "'Neville, you've called me here because of Andrea.' "'No, Wilson, I haven't. "'Although her condition concerns me greatly, "'i, I have far more pressing things on my mind this evening.' "'Oh?' asked Wilson as he sipped the wine. Yes, Wilson, I want you to know that I'm very much indebted to you, having taken Andrea under your wing at this turbulent time in her life. And I'm also indebted to you for the way you handled the food production areas. And? A man after my own heart. You want to know what the catch is. Well, my dear Wilson, I am, as of this very moment, appointing you my number two man at the Luna Aggregate. Wilson's mouth seemed to freeze with the wine glass at his lips. Number, he paused and he drank some more wine. Two? Yes, number two, said Neville as the waiter came through the doorway with the food. He set the steaming food on the table and left the room. And as the number two man in Luna Aggregate, there are certain things that you should be aware of. Of course, of course said the flabbergasted Wilson. Computer, lock all doors and put up the sound screens out to the terminal, ordered Neville. It has been done, said the computer. Wilson, said Neville, as he dug into a vegetable casserole because he refused to eat meat. The Luna Aggregate is a very powerful organization. You might even call us the elites. Believe me, I know how powerful it is assured Wilson. I'm afraid you know very little of its true power, continued Neville as he ate. Wilson, you're from Earth. What do you think of Earth? Well, I really don't have any. No, just throw out some adjectives. Okay, crowded, stagnant, dirty, cold. Good, good, smiled Neville as he seemed to be gaining satisfaction from the descriptions. Wilson, what would you say to an overall improvement on Earth? Wilson smiled as he finished the wine, and Neville refilled the glass. Look, Neville, don't you think you're overestimating your own leverage on Earth? Hardly. I'm probably guilty of underestimating my own power. Let me put this question to you. If I were to make some moves against Earth, moves to refine and replenish old values, would you support me all the way? Yes, of course, said Wilson, who did not want to lose his newly found position. Even if it meant the death of many people? If in the end it accomplished something, said Wilson, who really didn't care about Neville's objectives. It was the raw power that incited his mind. Good, good, that's what I'd hoped you'd say, said Neville as he took a few more bites. He then looked up at Wilson had a radiant vision in his eyes. Tomorrow, Wilson, I will bring you to a place that will boggle your mind. And I will convince you that I can easily accomplish my objectives on Earth. Join us next week for another exciting episode of The Reprehensible's The Fight for Earth's Future by Robert P. Fitton, presented by Fitton Theatre of the Words.